Welcome to the Common Cause for Sustainability podcast mini-series, Sustainable Living, for University of Washington Bothell and Cascadia College. My name is Emily. And my name is Noah. We will be your hosts today. Today's cause will be the environmental and ethical issues associated with the global fast fashion industry and thrift shopping as a sustainable solution. Definitely sounds like an important topic in living sustainably. And I don't know if you knew this, Emily, but people bought 60% more garments in 2014 compared to 2000, but only kept clothes for half as long. Clothing production has roughly doubled since 2000. So this is definitely a very relevant topic in sustainable living and something that I'm sure a lot of people could use guidance on. Yeah, that's interesting because doubled since 2000 means in like 20 years, it's doubled. It's not like the number of people has increased that much. So something is going on where people are buying more clothes than they used to and companies are making more clothes. So we know more clothes are being made than 20 years ago. And before we get into the sustainability problems, let's just talk about what are the ethical issues with fast fashion? Well, there's definitely a global inequity involved. There's always the the old model of uh, affluent developed countries, they have large demand for cheap produced clothing. So a lot of that runt gets sent to developing countries where, of course, markets are set up, sweatshops to meet this demand. These sweatshops have very unsafe working conditions and the workers are not paid livable wages. So you did some research and found that existing policies and regulations don't protect workers' rights. Yeah, so basically our system in America, there was at one point in the 90s, a huge consumer pushback against unethically sourced clothing. However, it's been 30 years since then, and it's not really as relevant as an issue in our culture anymore. We have gone backwards and much of our clothes being produced now in America are still being produced unethically. For example, some of the regulations in the 90s did end a lot of the unethically produced clothing, but now people are just individually producing clothing in their houses in many developing countries. Uh, And many of this are even being created by child labor. Companies that are U.S.-based even show up on U.S. consumer shelves. So this is still, I think, a big problem that many people don't even realize is still happening. I totally agree. Although there has been like, I've noticed more brands that market themselves as sustainable and ethical. I think this is still a big issue where so much of the clothes that are sold in America come from overseas, where, like you said, people aren't being paid livable wages, and they have terrible working conditions. So that's why it's so important that we try to find ways to not buy these clothes and show companies that this isn't what we want. We want something better. I definitely agree with most things. You know, it will require, like we saw in the 90s, like a consumer pushback. And, you know, I think it's really important because one in six people work in some part of the global fashion industry. And internationally produced goods that are sold in the U.S. don't have to meet any labor requirements that the U.S. has for itself. So... It's really unethical that we're profiting off of this global system of 
low wages and unsafe working conditions just so we can have cheaper clothes. Yeah. So like you said, one in six people, and I think that includes also like, you know, retail, but also, of course, the people who are actually making the clothes. So since the fashion industry is like one of the biggest industries in the world, it has a huge environmental impact as well. So what are the environmental issues with fast fashion? The production of clothes itself is a huge contributor to global climate change. In fact, 10% of global carbon emissions are due directly to clothing production. So this is a large share of carbon emissions, which is actually more emissions than all international flights and maritime shipping combined. That is something that I thought was amazing because I never would have thought, you know, you always hear like huge shipping containers and stuff are horrible for the environment, but it really puts it into perspective just how bad fast fashion is for the planet. A lot of emissions aren't coming directly from the tailpipe of a car that we see every day. It's usually associated with things we don't see. And besides the carbon emissions, producing clothes in and of itself requires many resources. In fact, the fashion industry is the second largest consumer of water worldwide, requiring about 700 gallons to just produce one cotton shirt and 2,000 gallons to produce a pair of jeans. Cotton. We'll talk about that, I think, in the next episode where we talk about sustainable fashion. But cotton is a very water-intensive crop. But the water not only is used for growing the crop, but I'm sure there's tons of other processes in processing the cotton and actually making the clothes that requires uh, hundreds and thousands of gallons of water. Like you said, it's very resource intensive. Yeah, definitely. Um, Another reason that fast fashion is pretty unsustainable is because a lot of the clothes are made super cheaply and they just don't last for many wears. So these clothes fall apart easily and they can't be mended or people just don't bother to mend their clothes these days. And a lot of the time, like ripped old clothes don't get recycled. People just throw them away and they go straight to the landfill. So we have a lot of wasted materials that didn't get much use in the first place. (laughs) A little fact that I found is that 85% of all textiles go to the dump each year. Wow. I think it is very important that we start to fundamentally change how we interact with our apparel. Because it's clear from what we've been talking about just in this beginning portion that we have a horribly unsustainable Uh, global fashion industry. I think one of the greatest solutions to this is thrift shopping. Yes, thrifting. Would you like to give us a little bit of a background about the secondhand retail industry in the U.S.? Sure. There are over 25,000 thrift stores, co-assignment, and not-for-profit resale shops in the United States, an industry that makes around $17 each year. So I think more and more people are looking at secondhand stores. And I've noticed that just online. I always see people doing thrift hauls. I think it's become a lot more popular. So yeah, Emily, do you thrift often? Growing up, I never did. But I remember going over to my friend's house. My friend had an older sister. So there was like a couple times where we just went through her old clothes and just took things that we wanted, things that were going to be donated anyways. But I didn't actually get into thrift shopping until the summer before my freshman year of college. 
I was waiting around for school to start. So I just started checking out a bunch of thrift stores. Recently, or in the past year or two, I haven't really been thrift shopping a lot. Yeah, I'm kind of similar to you. Growing up, I always got hand-me-downs, and I never really went thrift shopping. Through high school, I, I kind of took a liking to it. I'd go to Goodwill with my friends and just hang out, buy some stuff. What What's so good about thrift shopping is if you like to shop, it's a way to shop without necessarily feeling guilty about your consumption. Because, of course, all the items have already been consumed and given away, so... You don't necessarily have to worry about your consumption footprint. Uh, and, and that's always a big part of why I liked it. Because you're not creating a demand for more clothes to be made. You're basically taking something that if not used, it would just be thrown away. Yeah, I know it's it's something I could definitely be better at. I don't know. Do you normally check a thrift store first? Like if there's like a product or something you need? Or do you just go to the store, order it online? Usually I look for something new. If it's like an appliance or like furniture, I want to get something that's in best conditions. But for clothes, I would say like 50-50. Now that's, that, that's something I definitely could be better at is whenever I go to thrift stores, I never really go with the intention of getting something specific. I just kind of go to see what they have and see like, oh, should I get this? Do I need anything? And I feel like a lot of the times before I buy something new, like I could just go to a thrift store and see if they have it. Yeah, I used to do that too. I used to just go in thrift stores and browse, but it started to just be a huge waste of time because I'm just like super picky about what I like. And it just came to a point where I would never find anything I liked in a thrift store. Maybe Seattle just doesn't have good thrift stores, but I'd rather not waste all that time. But, you know, we have online thrift stores that make it a lot easier to find exactly what you're looking for. So it still is possible to buy things secondhand in a way that's more time efficient. Yeah, definitely. And on your point about how Seattle doesn't have good thrift stores, I definitely do think there is some substance there. Um, just a city thrift store versus more of a rural thrift store. Something I've kind of noticed is rural thrift stores, they really have a huge selection of great stuff where... I feel like city thrift stores, they're more expensive and they're more picked over because thrifting is becoming more popular. And we can talk about that later. But if you ever have a chance and you're in a rural area, try and check out some of their thrift stores. You might be surprised. Yeah, I didn't start thrifting till I came to Seattle. So yeah, I don't know about that. But yeah. And also what you were saying about the prices going up at thrift stores. I feel like I've noticed that or at least... Sometimes I'm at Goodwill and I'm like, I feel like things are a bit overpriced. Yeah. I feel like sense thrifting is becoming more popular. Thrift stores are like taking advantage of that and, you know, bumping up their prices because they know they can. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. If you go down an hour south where I'm from, the Goodwill prices will basically be half of what they are here in Seattle. So about your earlier point, like why exactly has thrifting become so popular like what is it that 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 is drawing people to thrift shopping so much in your opinion i feel like social media definitely i feel like not only all the videos of people going thrift shopping and finding cool stuff that encourages more people to go and try it which is good i think getting more people to consider buying secondhand things is a good idea I'm not sure if you've ever heard of the 
famous rapper Macklemore. Of course, he had that infamous song in 2011, Thrift Shop, which kind of threw thrift shopping back into popular culture. I mean, I was pretty young when that song came out, but I can imagine it had a huge impact. <laughs> and I, I think a large part of it, too, is uh, people are starting to recognize that buying new products and new clothing, it is bad for the environment. I think people are starting to realize there's so many personal benefits and environmental benefits of secondhand shopping. I was at first a bit hesitant about their shopping. I don't know. I just had this feeling that I don't like the idea of wearing someone else's clothes. But then when I actually went to a thrift store and I found, started finding things that I liked, that's something that is a huge benefit. Buy more of the things you like without the environmental impact, but also save a ton of money. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, some of those environmental benefits, like we talked about earlier, is like you're just reducing waste. The items you buy at a thrift store are likely to have ended up in a landfill if you wouldn't have bought them or if the secondhand market didn't exist. And it creates less of a demand for new items. Market researchers will see more people are thrift shopping and that will become a more profitable business model, which will mean traditional clothing retailers or any kind of retailers will have less of a share of the consumer market, which I think is a good thing. I think it's REI. They will like take that clothes in good condition and they will resell it. They have like a, another website where they sell used items. But I mean, I'm, that's REI. So that's not like a typical clothing store, but yeah. That's good, though. I, I think thrift shopping really shows companies like REI, people are willing to buy used clothes. And I think it can just benefit everybody all around, like the consumer, the producer, the retailer, equally. So what are some other benefits of thrift shopping besides the environmental benefits? I think the number one appeal, even more than the environmental benefits to most people, is the clothes and the items are cheaper at thrift stores. You can save a lot of money. It definitely makes it easier to like invest in your hobbies, whether you love fashion or crafting or decorating your home. If you love books, you can buy all of these things at a thrift store for super, super cheap. Definitely. And I mean, you can, you can find anything at a thrift store, including like antique items and one-of-a-kind items or even designer items that are marked down and I think another thing is you can feel good about shopping at a lot of these places, especially like Goodwill, because they end up giving so much of their profits to charity. Yeah, there's a lot of other examples of stores that donate their proceeds to charitable causes. Yeah, and even on the flip side, thrift shops can be profitable for an individual if you want to turn some secondhand items into thirdhand items, you know. There is a market for people that buy stuff secondhand and then sell it themselves at a hiked price. Yeah, but a lot of these times people will flip them, so to say. So like they either refurbish or restore or upcycle and then they resell it for a profit. So if you're if you're handy, you could do that and that could be like your side hustle. So Emily, you mentioned upcycling. What exactly is upcycling? So upcycling is basically taking something that's old, unwanted, uh, that might be thrown away and giving it a new life by repurposing it or restoring it to just give it greater value. And then you can sell it for a profit. 
Yeah, that's really cool. Definitely sounds like somewhere secondhand stores can come in. And then there's also a few thrift stores such as Buffalo Exchange, Crossroads, and even ThreadUp, which is an online thrift store that will uh, take your used clothes. And if they're in good condition, they will either like give you a percentage of what they would sell it for, or you can get like a store credit. So you can participate in the secondhand uh, market both ways. You can sell your stuff and you can buy things. That definitely sounds like a system I would like to take part in. It seems like there's so many benefits to secondhand shopping. Are there any challenges you can think of? Yes. It can be time consuming if you're kind of particular about what you like. And when you walk into a thrift store, you don't always know what they're going to have or if you'll find something you like. So that is a downside. Like I said before, there are online and secondhand stores that make it a lot easier to find what you're looking for. You can just type it into the search bar and then you can even narrow down by like your size, the color, what style. Interesting. And you said an example of that would be ThreadUp and are there any other online retailers you know of? Yeah, ThreadUp is an online consignment store. So you just, if you want to sell there, you just mail your stuff. And then once they sell your stuff, then you will receive the money back or a credit. And then there's also Poshmark, Depop, Ricari. And then there's even like the classics like eBay and OfferUp. Yeah, and along with all those companies, uh, something else I've noticed is people sometimes will just directly try and sell their stuff over social media. Like you see, we have Facebook Marketplace now. Yeah. And even on Instagram, people create accounts to sell some of their overstock clothing. I think that's something definitely social media can come in and make a positive impact on. Yeah, it really just makes secondhand shopping so much more convenient. It's just like buying anything else you would buy online. Selling your things also might be more environmentally beneficial um, as opposed to donating because if you're selling your things to someone, you know it's actually going to someone and it will be used. Like where you, If you donate something, you don't know if that thing will be sold. The stuff that doesn't get sold might go to landfill. Yeah, so if you have like a bunch of old clothes, like a big bag of them, what do you do with them? Do you end up donating them to a thrift store or do you try and sell them? If it's something very particular, like a band t-shirt or like some books or something, I try to sell it online. And also just like concert merch is so expensive. Like I kind of want to get my money back for that. So I try to sell that kind of stuff. But like my normal clothes, I just donate it. Any particular place you donate it or just wherever's closest? Yeah, wherever's closest pretty much. Yeah, whenever I'd have to donate clothes, I would always just stick to Goodwill because I, it, I, it's easy. Like you can just pull out back and they'll take it all. But like you were saying earlier, I do think sometimes, are they just going to throw half of this out and sell what they can or even though it's all good? Can you think of any other challenges or some concerns people might have with secondhand shopping? A lot of the times people wor worry about it not being sanitary, but that also is a legitimate concern when it comes to like furniture. Uh, you just want to make sure when you buy furniture secondhand, um, it is clean. There's no bugs in it or anything. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think, I think furniture is a lot of people's primary concern. Like they don't want to buy what they perceive as dirty furniture. But a, a lot of it, like you were alluding to, is common sense. Just look over what, what you're buying. It's probably mostly just a perceptional thing, but 
there's always also stories of people of course buying dvd players or couches and then finding ten thousand dollars in it so it goes both ways yeah but like if you are looking for furniture i would say i think habitat for humanity the i i think they're a trusted source for secondhand furniture of course you can look on like facebook marketplace and buy it directly from the owner offer up's um, a really good one for furniture as well yeah so what are some other concerns about uh, secondhand shopping? Concerns about the quality of the items um, because they are used, especially when it comes to appliances and electronics. What do you think about this? I definitely agree. Buying electronics from Goodwill or any thrift store is, it's a gamble. I, I don't think they always test them fully. Thankfully, they do let you bring stuff back in if it doesn't work. But on the flip side, I've had friends go in and just see like Polaroid cameras or like nice like nine millimeter film cameras and buy them for like five bucks and they're like in pristine condition. So I think that Goodwill is an amazing place to get cheap electronics. However, like I said earlier, it is a, a bit of a gamble if they will work or not. Yeah. What I was thinking was more like if you're wanting to buy like a new iPhone and you want to buy a refurbished iPhone or would you buy a brand new one that's in perfect working condition? I'm thinking about getting a new phone soon and I'm like, should I buy a new one or should I look for a refurbished one? And I want to invest something, invest in something that's going to last. I just don't want to have a phone that starts to have problems not long after I buy it. If you do get a refurbished phone, you got to definitely let me know how that goes. Because I would be completely willing to get a refurbished phone as long as I knew it would work just as good as, as long as a brand new phone. Yeah, I, I think uh, the core of this discussion is just the idea of wastefulness, especially with new products. And that's something I see a lot in my day-to-day -day life and something I see a lot every year. Obviously, thousands of students have to move to and from campus. That involves having to move furniture in and out. And that can create what I've observed as a lot of waste. I'm not sure if you've ever been to Greek Row, but if the frats and sororities at the UW campus don't want a couch or a mattress anymore, they just leave it out in the middle you know, like the green median in the middle of the street. And I don't know, I think it's really wasteful. Yeah, I've noticed that too, because I lived in the residence halls, especially during move out. The, the trash and recycle room is just stuffed with things that people just abandon there, which is not only wasteful, but just irresponsible. But there is a program called SCRAM, Student Cleanup, Recycling, and Move Out. It's a program that's organized by UW Recycling uh, and UW Housing and Food Services. People, when they're moving out, can leave their well, anything that they don't want to take with them in these bins, and then they will be donated. So at least UW uh, Housing and Food Services is doing something to mitigate all the leftover things, unwanted items that accumulate when people move out. But I still don't see this as the most sustainable solution. Yeah, it's interesting. So do they donate it then to incoming students or do they just donate it to charity? They are all donated to charitable organizations. So 
just thrift stores maybe i don't know what else that would include maybe like shelters it definitely seems like there's a good opportunity there to set up some kind of a system where outgoing students can leave any furniture or things they don't need for incoming students because if you think like moving to college it's really not that complicated it's just like a checklist of items you need so i don't know i mean i think like facebook is good for that for you know people sell their textbooks on facebook so i don't see why not like people can't sell their dorm items on Facebook. But going back to what I was saying about, you know, donation not being the most sustainable thing. I just think like when you move in, if this is a tip for anyone like moving into college, maybe just really think about what you really actually need instead of just buying a ton of stuff. I think some people just get carried away with that. And like even the checklist that you get from the housing and food services, like maybe you don't need everything on that checklist. Uh, so just uh, be mindful of your consumption. I'm going to keep repeating this probably throughout this entire mini series, but being mindful of your consumption is one of the biggest ways you can reduce your environmental impact. Basically when I moved into the dorm, I just packed up my bedroom from home and brought it with me. So I really didn't have to buy anything new. I already had everything I needed. But I understand that if you're moving from very far away, that's not convenient. And it's probably easier just to buy everything you need once you actually arrive in Seattle. So I understand that as well. But um, if you can, uh, just try to bring what you already have instead of purchasing everything brand new. Yeah, moving to college, I was going to try to check some thrift stores and pick up some secondhand stuff. But one of my grad gifts was a $100 Bed Bath & Beyond gift card. So yeah, I, I wish there was ways you could give somebody a more sustainable move-in gift for college or something. I don't know. So you have worked at a clothing warehouse before, right? Yes. And that has offered me perhaps a unique perspective on this issue. We were a primarily online-based warehouse. So we would basically just fulfill orders and ship them out. And what's really interesting is if any of our items came in slightly damaged or if we got a return back that was slightly damaged, and I mean by damaged, like it can literally be like a thread sticking out, we can't sell it and we just have to give it away. It's how I've actually come to have so many t-shirts and a bunch of discarded clothing, just taking stuff from them that's practically brand new that they're not going to use. Of course, with the permission of my boss. Even though that is wasteful that they don't or can't resell it, I feel like as a consumer, when you're buying something brand new and full price, you want it to be in perfect condition. So I understand that part of it. But yeah, there has to be some environmentally responsible way to utilize these clothing instead of just throwing away. So like, what do they normally do with the clothes that they don't sell? Well, when I was working there, it was just when quarantine had started. So all the like homeless shelters and donation bins and stuff were closed. So I, I think they were just going to throw it all away until I stepped in and was like, wait, give me some of this stuff. But I think regularly they do donate it, which is good. But still, it's just kind of wasteful because they're just producing new items. It's not like they try and repair them, even if it's like the simplest repairs. Yeah, I mean, repairing them would be like labor intensive. 
but maybe there's some other way that maybe they could sell it at a discounted price if it has some defects. That's another way they could handle this issue. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be solutions like that that will allow for sustainable living, I think. So, Emily, I think maybe since we're coming towards the end of this episode, maybe a fun way to end would be by asking, do you have any stories of good thrift store hauls or you find any really cool items ever? I haven't had any like crazy finds. I've just gotten lucky a few times and found a few nice things. So like, I don't know, a pair of jeans that are like my size fit perfectly. It's hard to find that even if you're buying something brand new, I feel like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then another time I was actually looking at a thrift in a thrift store and I found a scarf that was brand new tags on it and it was priced $80 originally. And I bought it for $3. Wow. Biggest steal I've ever found. (laughs) That's crazy. you saved, what is that? $77 on it. Wow. (laughs) I can't believe there's even an $80 scarf to begin with, but it was like made of wool. So yeah, it was, Oh, makes sense. But yeah, I mean, similar to you, like I found some pretty good stuff over the years. I especially like thrift stores for their trinkets. I don't know. I'm kind of one of those people that likes little window seal trinkets and stuff like that. And there is no better place to check than thrift stores for just weird little items. It it will blow you away. And they make great gifts too. So something to keep in mind. That's about all the time we have for today. Thank you all for joining us on the Common Cause for Sustainability podcast. We will see you next time. On the next episode of Sustainable Living, we will be discussing sustainable apparel as another solution to the global issue of fast fashion. Hope to see you there.